The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. All right, well, you know what's coming this week. What's coming on Thursday? Yeah, Thanksgiving. So honestly, how do you feel about that? Honestly, how, some of us are looking forward to it. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but some of you... You've been, you've been waiting for this, you're looking forward to it, you got time with friends and family, you get to eat good food, watch football if you're into that. Um, some of you are looking forward to it. Uh, some of you, if you're honest, you're stressed. You're stressed, you got a lot to do, things to take care of, things to prepare for. Hey, if we're, if we're being really honest, some of us are depressed. We're depressed. Stuff has happened in the last year or two years or the last few months that we didn't want to see happen, we didn't want to experience, and as we come to Thanksgiving, it's not what it used to be. It's not what we hoped it would be. That's real, isn't it? So on Thursday, it's Thanksgiving. Honest question for you. Are you truly, genuinely thankful is it really in there? Uh, I think we all kind of know we're supposed to be thankful, don't we? And I don't think I've ever read an article about how gratitude is bad. <laughs> it's one of those things in the culture where even in the culture people are still like, hey, let's, let's be thankful. There's no great argument over this. Um, and by the way, it's not just a, a Christian thing, is it, to be thankful? A couple years ago, Newsweek had an article entitled, Five Scientifically Proven Benefits of Gratitude. Very interesting. Uh, number one, physically you'll be healthier, mentally you'll, you'll be more hopeful. Number two, you'll sleep better and longer, the more thankful you are. Number three, you'll have increased self-esteem. I especially need that, don't you think? Um, no. Number four, increased empathy for and helpfulness to others. That's powerful. Increased empathy for and helpfulness to others. And five, I thought was very interesting, increased resilience through hard times. So there was a study, a 2006 study, on Vietnam War veterans. And those with the, highest, the higher levels of gratitude were more resilient and less impacted by post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. Five scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. So science tells us it's important to be thankful, and for Christians, we're like, yeah, we knew that. <laughs> right? We've known this for thousands of years. In fact, gratitude is not even an option for those who are Christians. Did you know that? 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. Will you read it with me? It's not long. 16, 16 through 18. What does it say? Rejoice always. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, verse 18. Give what? Thanks. When? When life is going well for you. Oh, wait. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's an, it's an amazing thing 
to see here that supposedly Christians have a resource that no matter what is happening, they can actually and genuinely be thankful. Um, and I think this stands out. This stands out. You know, the, the world around us, the culture says, hey, be thankful. But it's based on what you have and how things are going so often. It's based on circumstances. And in our culture, it doesn't seem to have a landing point. Like they have a thankful for, but not a thankful to. And thankful to is the sweetest part. To whom are we thankful? So there it is. Um, we, we should, we want to be thankful. Um, but then, honest, honesty, um, if gratitude should be the norm for Christians, then why is it so hard? And I'll just tell you, uh, right now, it's hard for me. I'm not always um, feeling the gratitude that I should be feeling. Um, I was thinking about, well, why is it so hard? Came up with a few ideas. Maybe you could think of your own. Number one, I think the evil and injustice in the world can make it hard to be thankful. You ever feel that way? You, you read the news or you hear another story about another whatever it is out there. Um, all sorts of trials and tribulations. Evil in the world <laughs> doesn't seem to stir up thankfulness. Um, another reason I think it's hard to be thankful can be a sense of guilt. You have a sense that you're not living maybe the way that you should be. You have a sense that you feel the frown of God on you. That can happen. It's hard to be thankful. And the third one, uh, first maybe injustice in the world, two a second of uh, sense of guilt. Uh, three would be just our own suffering. We've got problems, conflicts in our relationships. Our circumstances, maybe we're disappointed with, with, with where our lives are. And how about this one? Can any of you relate? Problems in our bodies. Breaking down. It's hard to be thankful. Let me ask you this. What is it in your life that dampens your sense of gratitude? What is it for you? Have you can you, can you, if, if you check the pulse on your own gratitude meter, um, what is it in your life that seems to pour water on that fire for you. Anyway, when it comes to gratitude, I probably don't need to convince you we should be grateful. Don't need to convince you it's good for you to be grateful. The question is a how question, isn't it? How do I get grateful? Because gratitude, yeah, we, we need to pursue it. We need to cultivate it. But ultimately, it is an experience. It's a, it's a feeling. It's an expression. How do we get there? We're going to revisit a passage from 1 Peter. We looked at it a couple weeks ago uh, from, an, from another angle. Uh, and I'll be honest, the words gratitude and thanksgiving were not in the two verses mentioned this morning. Okay? Oh, but the idea and the experience most certainly is. I want to unpack that with you. So what have we been calling our series through 1 Peter? Life as exiles. And we remember why from verse 11. It's right there on your page. Beloved, 
Peter says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Exiles. So what does it mean to be an exile? Where we live is not our home. Um, foreigners in a strange land. And as we kind of embrace that as a reality, it changes some of our expectations, doesn't it? If you know you're going to be in exile, should you expect to always have things go easy in your life? No, in fact, you'd expect the opposite. If you have to leave your homeland, live somewhere else, you'd expect the opposite. You'd expect to have it hard. You'd expect not to fit in. You would expect to suffer. So I guess we could say that if you knew you were in exile, you would expect that it's not always easy to be thankful. It's not always easy as an exile to be full of gratitude. And yet, Peter says, that's not the only name we have for us. What are we called? First word in verse 11. Do you see it? What's the first word in verse 11? Beloved. Beloved. What does that mean? You're loved. You are loved. As verse 10 says, you've received mercy. You were helpless. You were hopeless. Someone came for you. Someone cared for you has provided for you, has taken you and your needs on himself. So just from these two words, who are we? Loved, exiles. Which one is it, exiles or loved? Yes, you are loved, exiles. And what, what does this do to you? How does it change you to be loved like this? We'll look very quickly, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Peter says, you are a people for God's own possession. That means you're precious to him. And then he says, that you may, what's that next phrase? Proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Here's what I want you to see. We're exiles so deeply loved that we can continually praise Make sure we all got that. We're what? Exiles, so deeply loved that we can continually praise. Exiles, so deeply loved that we can continually praise. What does that have to do with being thankful? Everything. Everything. And here's why. I'm going to give you my idea or the doctrine of the day right now. You ready? Christians have a unique source of genuine gratitude in any situation because they've been so deeply loved by God and are always able to praise him. Give that to you again. Christians have a unique source of genuine gratitude in any situation because they've been so deeply loved by God and are always able to praise him. Let's unpack this together. First, I want to think with you about the relationship between praise and gratitude. Wow. I remember going to a wax museum in London with my family. You ever been to a wax museum? Okay. Mr. T was one of my favorites because when I was little, I watched the A-Team. Anybody there with me? Anybody? Thank you. I see that hand. Watching the A-Team, the cool black van with the orange stripe. Mr. T. The thing with Mr. T 
in the museum was he looked real, but he was made of wax. That's what happens with certain words in the Bible, like praise and gratitude. Okay, if you meet the real Mr. T and you watch the A-team, he can throw you through a window if you're a bad guy. If you meet the wax Mr. T, he looks real, but there's, there's nothing there. So I want to put the real Mr. T back into these words, if you're, if you're tracking with me. Praise and gratitude. We're like, praise and gratitude, Christian words. I'm falling asleep. Wake up. Do you remember what praise is? You do it every day. It's the happiest part of your day. Praise is to see or encounter, experience something beautiful that brings you joy, and then you express it. You speak it out. You talk about it. And if you're a kid sitting in here and you're going, well, this is too hard for me. I don't understand. Hey, listen, kids are better at this than anybody else in the room. When your kid sees something that she loves, what is coming out of her mouth the next moment? Hey, mom, look at this. Hey, dad, look at this, especially when they're younger, right? Whatever it is they're enjoying, it doesn't even count unless they come and get you to enjoy it with them. And it doesn't matter what kind of work you're doing, right? It doesn't matter if you're balancing the checkbook. They don't care. You need to see how this car goes down the ramp. And you need to see it now. And that's praise. They're enjoying something, and it's not enough until you enjoy it with them. They're seeing something beautiful, brings them happiness or joy. They express it, and they share it. And come on, we do this all the time. We do this all the time. Let's go see something together. Let's go see a show together. What did you think? Let's go look at nature together. What did you think? I just want to share this beauty with you. And it's our happiest moments. That's praise. Okay, how does praise and gratitude, how do these two things relate? Well, gratitude is the unique kind of joy you get when you can enjoy something beautiful at another's expense. They enabled it. They gave it to you. They showed it to you. They offered it to you. And so gratitude is, is nearly praise plus. It's praise plus. Praise, I got to see this thing. Oh, it's so beautiful. I got to express it. Hey, we're praising it. Look how great this is. Gratitude is, oh, this was so beautiful and I never would have seen it. I never would have had it. I never would have touched it unless this person had stepped in and given it to me, showed it to me, enabled it for me, helped me with it. And so gratitude is praise plus because now you're enjoying this thing and you're enjoying the sweetness that somebody else helped you when you never would have made it yourself. They showed you when you never would have seen it yourself. So if you have real gratitude, it's the sweetest of joys when, you, when you're really there. It's the sweetest of joys. Can you remember a time when you really felt gratitude? Sometimes we're slow to get there because it takes humility, right? I can praise because it's like, well, I climbed to the mountain and I saw the view. I'm so thankful that I was strong enough to climb the mountain. Uh, somebody, if somebody carried you up the mountain to see the view, you wouldn't just say, oh, the view's beautiful. You'd say, thank you for carrying me up this mountain to see it. Can you... What's the most thankful you've ever been? Can you remember it? 
or you were nearly cut to the heart with it, somebody showed up for you in a way that you desperately needed and they were there. Or you wake up one day and you realize how much your parents actually did for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I never would have been anything without you. Thank you. Or I realize how ridiculous it is that my wife stays with me and loves me again. <laughs> Thank you. And you feel this gratitude. You're cut by it. It's praise plus. Do you see how praise and gratitude go together? They're very similar. Gratitude is praise plus. Praise is seeing and encountering beauty, the joy that comes from it, the expressing it. Oh, that's wonderful. And then gratitude adds, and I never would have had it without you giving it to me. Thank you. Praise plus. Okay. Why is it that Christians uniquely ought and can be people of gratitude no matter the circumstance? And this is something uniquely beautiful about Christianity because, hey, our culture, we realize you know, five scientific benefits of gratitude, right? It's good for you, it's healthy for you to be thankful. And yet, our culture and its general view of things is missing anything deeper than just circumstantial reasons. So, I'm, th I'm so thankful for my job, that's great. And what happens when you lose your job? I'm so thankful for this relationship, that's great. What happens when that ends? I'm so thankful, not only that, one more level, Gratitude has in it thankful too. There's another person who's giving, who's generous. Christians have a unique resources, a unique resource for gratitude in any situation. Well, number one, how is this in this text? It's all over this text. Um, he sh God has shown you mercy. Look at the end of verse nine. He's called you out of darkness into what? His marvelous light. What is this phrase about God? What is he like? Marvelous light, beauty, value, worth. In fact, when you, when you know his mercy, what are you proclaiming? Uh, that you may proclaim the what? Excellencies, the excellencies. So Christians know about God. We know this God who is full of excellencies, who radiates marvelous light. It's utterly beautiful. He's astounding in who he is. We see this in the very nature of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, eternally delighting in one another. God is eternal love and delight in himself, shines radiates with marvelous light. We see it in his creation. I, I love uh, reading quotes from atheist writers about the spiritual experience of seeing nature. It's, it's true, you can't even help but know, right, when you see the beauty of the world. It just, there's, oh, you get tingles up your spine, you can't help it. Scripture tells us, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The most beautiful thing is in nature is telling you, this is beautiful, guess what? He's even more. 
he's even more. Not only that, scripture tells us James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from who? The father of lights, there it is, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift. Can you remember the last time you just had that uh, belly laugh from your chest with somebody you love and somebody you enjoy and you're just, you were happy right there. And what a gift it was. It's not always like that, is it? What a gift it was. Who gave you that? That's a gift of God. Anytime you're with someone you love, your heart's beating, your lungs are breathing, your mind's working, who gave you that? It's a gift of God. He's glorious, he's beautiful, he's generous. He's full of marvelous light. To be a Christian is to realize that. That's what's most beautiful. That's why the Psalms are full of praise, 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 praise. Because remember, praise is joy. It's seeing something beautiful and expressing it. And we get to see a little bit of God himself. What are you gonna do? You're gonna praise. That's the first things Christians know. The second things Christians realize is that for as beautiful as God is and as glorious and excellent as he is, what have we done in the knowledge of that glory? Here's the bad news, the real truth of the Christian story. We've denied his glory. We haven't valued what's truly valuable. Look at this picture of what we call sin in Romans 121. No one's immune. Romans 121, for although they knew God, and that's all humanity, we all have a sense of this transcendent creator. Although they knew God, what's our problem? They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Is Paul saying that a lack of gratitude to God is part and parcel of sin and rebellion? Is it a sin to not be thankful? It is. And you know this. You know this. Here's how you know this. At some point, you have given a wonderful gift to someone else. And they did not thank you. And you felt... We've seen it in some, some of us, okay? It got ugly. You got ugly because you didn't get thanked, right? You felt deeply dishonored. You felt unvalued. God is holy and he's always giving. He's always blessing and we're refusing in the face of that often to give thanks or to honor him. So this, this is our heart, right? We say, God, uh, you're all full of marvelous light. We don't care. Uh, you've given us life and breath and everything else. Fooey on you. We're gonna replace you with ourselves, our own systems, our own worship. We're gonna use you and we're gonna abuse others in our self-centeredness. That's just sin, right? What do we deserve due to that sin? God's justice. So there we are. But look at what God has given us despite what we deserve. 1 Peter 2, verse 10. 
Do you see it with me? Page 1015. 1 Peter 2, verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. So God has taken those who have hated him, demeaned him, ignored him, and made them his own precious possession. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received, what have we received as Christians? Mercy. We were rebellious, we were helpless, we were lost, and God has had massive compassion on us and has come for us to, to make us his own. And we know what that looks like, don't we? His name is Jesus. He came for us. He lived a perfect life for us in our place, always obeying, loving the Father, always obeying the law we should have kept. Number two, what did he do for us on the cross? He took upon himself the just wrath of God that we deserve. He paid for every time we were unthankful. He paid for it. He rose from the dead in victory, and through faith in him, we receive freely, freely as a gift, his undeserved love to where we are made God's people. We are called God's children. We are forgiven. We are, as Peter says, beloved. It's ridiculous, the mercy we've received. It's ridiculous. How would you put it? I want to say we've been blessed, but that's another one of those wax figure words, right? You sneeze, bless you. We've been blessed. How, what word would capture the feeling of it? I feel so fortunate. That's how we use the word, but that doesn't work either because fortune, luck. I feel so moved. I feel so thankful. I'm just thankful. I deserved this, and instead I'm getting this, and it's just a free gift. It was just mercy. It's his undeserved love. I mean, consider, consider who you are in your sin and rebellion and what you deserve from a holy God. Has God in his love shown you that hard news yet? I hope we're not still playing the, oh, I'm a good person, I'm better than Hitler game. That's not the standard. The standard's love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself every time. I'm lost. And yet, even though I'm lost with nothing to claim on God, I'm loved. You're loved. And you're loved so much, he, di he didn't just make you a, all right, you can sit in the corner, I guess. I'll forgive you, but just don't come too close. It's not how he treats you. You know the story of the prodigal son, right? The kid comes back and says, can I just be a slave in your house? And the dad's like, shh, bring the coat, bring the ring, kill the calf, kisses, embraces, you're my child. What is that? The kid's pulling his hair out. I don't get it. It's mercy. It's mercy. And they're almost speechless with the gratitude of it. Remember, praise to see something beautiful, have it 
joy in your heart and you express it. Gratitude, praise plus, because you're seeing something beautiful and you're enjoying it at the expense of another. You get to be a child of God. You get to inherit his kingdom. You get to enjoy all of his gifts and his, and his friendship now. And you get to be with him forever on the new earth in heaven as his child, face to face, fully loved. And at what expense? The blood of Jesus, his son. I mean, it's the, it's the greatest mercy at the highest expense given to you freely. And when you see it and you taste it, what is just going to explode out of your heart? Thankfulness. Thank you. What can I say? But thank you. What can I say? But thank you. Look at this beauty. We, what can we say? But thank you. And nobody can take that away. Nobody can take that away. It's always there. It's always yours. You always have it. Hey, when everything is going great and you taste that delicious food with people you love, what do you say? Thank you. And when you are locked up in a home you don't want to be in and the food is gross and the people you love are gone and you're weeping tears over it, what can you still say? Thank you, because I'm yours. Unique resources for constant, genuine gratitude because we're so deeply loved that we can always praise. Isn't it beautiful? Hey, folks, you hear this? I hear this. How thankful should we be I'm just feeling right now how thankful I should be. Now, it helps me, I'll be honest, when I get to try to teach a text or, or preach a text, it helps me feel the text in a way that um, I probably wouldn't feel it otherwise. Because I've had to like work on this thing so I can give you something to eat, you know what I'm saying? And so it's easier for me to feel it. But on my, on my Tuesday morning, I'm not always like. <laughs> right? I'm just, I'm not always there. I'm like, I'm Eeyore sometimes. Um, I think we all know this, but when we see, when we see what we could have all the time, honestly, there's no reason we can't honestly glow with more thanksgiving, which, this thrills me, because you'll be happier The bottom line is you'll be happier. All the five scientific great things about gratitude, those are true. And you have unique resources for them in the gospel to be functionally thankful. So I want to just try to, let's try to let the plane land in our hearts so that we feel this. Few applications, that's what this is about. How can we get thankful? Well, if you're not thankful in this text, you're not tasting the beauty of God and what he's done for you in the gospel, right? One reason we meet together every week is to remember the story that our hearts and the world is telling us to forget. You go out to normal life, everything around is forget the gospel, forget your love, forget God, forget the next life, live for now. And we gotta come back and hear it again. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And so to stir up thanksgiving, gratitude in your heart, is to, I wanna use the word, percolate. 
Why do I use this word? Because I'm addicted to coffee. <laughs> and this magical process happens when you make hot water hang out with coffee grounds. Liquid gold appears. If we are more intentional about percolating our hearts in the mercy of our God for us, we will automatically enjoy more gratitude. I'll give you a couple of, of texts just from various spots in Scripture. Look at Psalm 108, verse 1. 108, verse 1, we'll look at 1, 3, and 4. The psalmist says, My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. He's, then he's talking about, in verse 2, playing instruments in the morning. All his neighbors are mad at him, right? Verse 3, what is he doing? I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the people. Oh, and guess what goes with thanks? I will sing praises to you among the nations. Why? For your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness to me reaches the clouds. Why is he full of thanks and praise? He is convinced of and feeling the reality of God's love for him. You want to, be more gra- you want to feel more gratitude? You want to have it just glowing in you? Guess what you need to do? Percolate yourself. Or if I was an old theologian, uh, meditate. Chew on, ponder, swim in. Get it all up in you. The news of the gospel, God's love for you. That's number one. Number two, cultivate an attitude of thanks and praise. Uh, this is kind of just saying, do the work. Go back to that verse in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 18. These are commands. This is one reason the New Testament can be so difficult for us, because he's commanding a feeling. What's the first command? Rejoice. When? Always. Where's the easy button for that one? Well, there's never an easy button, but if you follow step one, you'll find some. Remember, taste the gospel. Rejoice always. Pray without seeking, ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. I want to think about the discipline part. Okay, number one is meditating on God's love for you, his mercy for you in the gospel. Number two, the discipline part. Give thanks in all circumstances, okay? You're in this circumstance, you don't feel thankful, it's all going to that place. What do you need to do? You need to sit with a notebook or something or talk to somebody else and be like, okay, what can I be thankful for? What can I be thankful for? It's a wrestling match. Your heart's not gonna wanna do it. Thankful, this is junk. No, what can I be thankful for? You'll find some things. You'll find a lot of things. Like food. Like food. Do you value eating food? Mentally you might not because it's all around you, plenteously. There's a lot of people who would trade with you this week just on Food. Anybody have a problem not finding enough food to eat? If you do, talk to us. 
We'll help you, because the rest of us, we got so much food. Right? Are you thankful that you have food to eat? Seriously. The basics that we overlook, we don't think about, do you know what gifts these are? Do you know what gifts these are that you have all the time? Millions of people would trade with you. Write it down. Look at, look at Proverbs 17, 22. This is a good word right here. A joyful heart is what? Good medicine. A crushed spirit dries up the bones. Hey, it's scientifically proven. You cultivate gratitude, guess what you're gonna have more of? A joyful heart. This is amazing. Gratitude is humbling, wouldn't you say? It's humbling. Why is gratitude humbling? Because you're acknowledging that you've received a gift you wouldn't have had on your own. Which kills pride, makes you less selfish and more generous. Guess what? Humble people are happier. Number two, gratitude is awakening. If you cultivate gratitude in your mind, you're going to have a sense of God being with you, providing for you. You have more of a sense of him there. Gratitude is hopeful. Try this on. Have you ever been anxious and thankful at the same time? Hmm. I don't know. You can't a little. But these two things are like oil and water. The more you're thankful, the more you realize somebody loves you and he's watching out for you and he cares for you, and the, the, the more your anxiety goes down, and the more your anxiety is up, man, you're forgetting to be thankful. It's all chaos. It's the last helicopter out of Vietnam. Run for the hills. It's all lost. Yep. You cultivate gratitude, you'll be less anxious, and man, we would all pay a lot of money for that. You'll be happier. How about this one? The more gratitude you feel, the less self-pity you have. Anybody feel self-pity? It's, it's a nasty disease because we take a little twisted joy in it. Self-pity is like, I deserve so much more. But there's no happiness in self-pity. When you're grateful, you, you don't feel full of self-pity. You feel like, it's a, good, it's a good day. I'm, I'm feeling fortunate today. I'm feeling blessed today. I'm getting more than I deserve today. Your chin's higher. Self-pity goes, you'd be, you be happier. Gratitude, a joyful heart, good medicine. So number one, percolate yourself in the goodness of God to you in the gospel. Number two, work to cultivate an attitude of thanks and praise in every situation. Number three, third application, Work to change the flavor of your lifestyle to praise and thanks. What do I mean by that? Look at Colossians 3, 17. Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do what? Everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Is Paul telling us that everything we do should be drenched in gratitude? Everything we do is for him in the name of Jesus and through him, so we're thanking him for it. Jesus, I wanna do this for you. Thank you that you're helping me. 
Jesus, I wanna do this for you. Thank you that you've got me here. Thank you that you're gonna be here with me. Jesus, I'm, I'm right here. I'm working for you. Thank you. Thank you that you're here for me. Do you know any people who are like uber thankful in your life? Okay. They probably tend to be encouraging. They thank you more profusely for what you do. They lift you up. They lift you up. On the other side, you got any people who tend to be more complainy in your life? I don't want to say any of you are those people. It's just somebody you know, right? <laughs> Philippians 1.14, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. If we were more kind of leaking, or in this text, if we were more glowing with gratitude, everybody around us would be like, what's your problem, right? What are you smoking and where can I get some? What's going on with you? Listen, I, I, don't want us to be, I don't want us to be fake. I don't want us to be fake. But even in small things like, hey, how you doing? Way too often, I'm like, I'm okay. Listen, gratitude is one part of the Christian life. There's also lament and sorrow. That's real, okay? It's real. If you're broken, you're broken. We don't need any, thank, uh, we don't need any fake gratitude, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But isn't there a time to cultivate gratitude and to just let it come out? How are you doing today? You know what? I got challenges, but I'm doing great because God loves me and he hasn't given up. You talk like that, do it in your way. You talk like that and people will be like, right? They'll be like, Maybe they'll be like, you're cheesy. And then tell them the truth. No, I'm not. These, these are things I'm working through. These are my friends. But let me tell you what I have. These texts are saying people ought to smell gratitude when we walk by. They ought to, they ought to feel it. They ought to see it. Again, I'm not looking for fake gratitude. That's no, that's no good. But to cultivate the real thing, it'll glow. Imagine changing the flavor of our lifestyle to praise and thanks. Another way it'll come out is, and I need to work on this, what if we were just a little more over the top in thanking others? Okay, you're, you're probably gonna hang out with people this week. What if, we, what if we had in our minds to be like, I wanna go over the top and thanking others for what they're doing? Express thanksgiving. How does it feel to you when somebody gives you a genuine and an honest, thank you so much, I really appreciated that? Are any of you like, I hate it when people do that? There's not one person in the world who doesn't love that. We can be that. Last one. So the, the three applications here. Number one, Percolate yourself in the goodness of God and the gospel. Number two, cultivate, work at it, an attitude of thanks and praise for your happiness. Number three, change, change the flavor of your lifestyle 
to praise and thanks. Number four, explicitly praise and thank God with others. Look at Psalm 111, verse one. What does he say? Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. See how praise and thanks are always together. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Where? In the company of the upright, in the congregation. So what is he saying he's looking forward to doing? God's loved me so much, I'm praising him, I'm thanking him, and I'm not just gonna do this by myself. I'm gonna get with God's people, and they're gonna listen to me do this, and I'm gonna listen to them do this. We're gonna praise God explicitly together for his goodness in our lives. And that helps us, doesn't it? Because if I'm feeling Eeyore that day, and you're feeling thankful that day, and you pr- you you praising the Lord, maybe I can just be like, yeah, you're right. That's true. That's true, I have that too. We pull each other up towards, what is this, guys, other than happiness? This is happiness, to be happy in God for his mercy towards us, that he's loved us so much, and he's enabled us to see the most beautiful and precious thing there is, himself. Heavenly Father, uh, we confess all the times, Lord, that we have been not thankful to you. Please forgive us. I don't think I've ever thanked you in the way that you deserve. Uh, So that leads us to the gospel. God, we thank you for forgiving us, for giving us the righteousness of your son as we repent and trust in him. We thank you for the promise of your great love, your presence with us. Um, Lord, let it stir up thanksgiving, and we give you the praise, the thanks you deserve, uh, with joy, Lord, with happiness in you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.